The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. Fall is in the air. You can smell it when you're outside. You can feel it, too. If you don't believe us, just step outside. And with fall comes Mitchell Moat, who's dressed to the nines. He, he usually is pretty casual, but uh, you're really dressed up today, Mitchell. Well, I appreciate you noticing, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you didn't have to do that, though. This is radio. Well, I understand that. Uh, but uh, la- later on today, we have a uh, University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture has a new uh, senior uh, vice chancellor, senior vice president, Dr. Carrie Castile. And so there is a, uh, a, a get-to-know-her reception being held later today uh, and going to be attending that. So try to make a good impression on, on her for the first time. Well, there's that feeling of fall in the air that we noticed this morning in particular when we walked out you know i think uh i think it would be an appropriate thing for for folks here and in in the sound of our voices this morning if uh, if they think back to what it was like you know two weeks ago in terms of weather and then walk out this morning just say thank you for the relief yeah absolutely Uh, and it just feels different it does it does uh uh, you know temperatures are lower and it's not as oppressive outside there doesn't feel uh you know doesn't seem uh uh, so heavy so thick and when you get a little breeze there's some coolness in it so yeah it's uh uh, hopefully it's going to be a a continuation of that it's not just a uh, just a a spell right here you know it's going to carry on for a while now you said within the sound of our voices our voices are going farther than they used to well, so uh, we've, good. Our listener up in Lake County or Lake Country, British Columbia, who's listening right now. Well, that's a fur piece. <laughs> so it's probably cool up there. Uh, it should be. I would expect it to be. So, uh, but, but we have listeners, looks like Texas, uh, down in Texas, that area. Uh, oh, that's St. Louis. <laughs> I need to go St. back Louis, to geography. St. Louis, Texas, yeah, you know, they're kind of <laughs> similar, I guess. So... Uh, you know, it depends on where you are. But uh, here, I'm, even yesterday, went outside and it was 70-something degrees. You would have thought that would be comfortable, and it was comfortable. But it still had that, I don't know what it was, just some feel of of summer in it. Uh, oh, but yeah. today it didn't Well, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's summer. You know, yeah. we, we're in, this is what, August this 18th. Is, yeah, we're not so officially. We're, we're, we're a month away from the official start of fall, and I don't know that, uh, I don't know that the folks in charge of the seasons actually, you know, pay that much attention to our calendars or not, but, you know, by the calendar, we're, we're at least a month away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have a text question here, and this person says, every year I mean to uh, do the best job on my lawn, and I always miss the time frame to do it. What is the best time my lawn really looks bad? Oh, what okay. can they do? Good, good deal. That's a good, that's a good way to start this morning, I guess. Um, so it, it just depends on the what kind of grass they're trying to grow. Now, my assumption would be that they're trying to grow a cool season grass. That's going to be, you know, the dominant one, predominant one is going to be uh, turf-type tall fescue. Uh, but it could also include some of the fine fescues in shady areas or maybe uh, a mixture of uh, tall fescue, Kentucky bluegrass. But we're talking cool season grasses. 
and cool season grasses are going to they get their name because they grow best in the uh, the cooler temperatures you know 60 to 75 degrees is their ideal temperature to have their most aggressive growth and look their best they will certainly grow at higher temperatures but in uh, in the, the you know the peak of the summer temperatures in the uh, drought conditions that we typically have those dry spells they will suffer some and so you know their their appearance will uh, will fade out so for those cool season grasses uh, our recommendation is the, the you know the window for doing those improvements for establishing cool season grasses for renovating for overseeding etc is going to be that late summer early fall time frame so we're moving into that window that window is just about to open up so typically we're going to consider that to be you know around the, the the first part of september up through the early part of october you know that's our that's our window and you know just depending on on what you've got going on what you need to do uh, in the in the lawn uh, that's going to determine uh, you know those practices that, that uh, you're going to follow if if your if your your population has thinned out, you know you've got you've got thin places. Uh, the turf density is not as great as uh, you would like for it to be, but you do have you know some desirable grasses uh, out there in the lawn uh, that, that you know they're good grasses. You've already got some tall fescue; it's just thinned out. So overseeding uh, would be uh, you know a potential practice for you to help improve that population. And all overseeding is 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 you interseed or add uh, uh, seed into that existing uh, uh, grass cover that's out there. And that can be done uh, a couple of different ways. You know, one uh, common way is to core aerify the lawn area that you're going to uh, seed into. And core aerification is, uh, you know, use a core aerator, uh, which is a, a device that has hollow tines uh, and as, as it moves across the lawn, those, those tines penetrate the soil, they pull out plugs, okay, thus creating holes in the ground and so these cores of soil that are pulled out of the cores they're deposited on the surface of the ground so you have all these openings in the ground which is you know should help improve uh, water infiltration air infiltration uh, and loosen up compaction in that upper level of the soil surface and you also create bare spaces open soil spaces for grass seeds to come into contact with and that's kind of an essential thing uh, to help uh, ensure uh, better germination of the grass seeds. The, the, those seeds that are in direct contact with soil uh, tend to do better or have a greater percentage of germination than those that are not. So core aerification followed by uh, broadcasting seed across there is, is a way to overseed or interseed into an existing turf cover. Another way uh, is to you know, go to the rental store and uh, rent a, uh, an overseeder. Okay, a power overseeder, or sometimes referred to as a slit seeder. That's a device that works sort of like a, a little no-till drill uh, that would be used on a farm. It has a, uh, it's got a set of blades on it that cut vertical slices into the soil surface, uh, shallow slices. And it also has a seed box that drops those seed uh, into the area that you have, have sliced okay, with, uh, with, with the overseeder. And so you are cultivating the soil and planting all in one operation. Uh, that might be you know, a bit of a time saver in some cases, but you do have to... Uh, you know, typically you, you, that's not something you're going to purchase. Uh, you're going to go down to the rental store, uh, any those places that rent outdoor power equipment, and rent one. They're uh, easy to use, um, and it's a good way to intercede into an existing uh, grass cover. Now, 
what if you, you know, and I don't know what situation this, uh, uh, the person that, that texted in this morning has, but if, if their lawn is composed of just a mixture of stuff and not a lot of desirable plants out there, you know, if they have less than, uh, typically our recommendation, if you have less than 50% desirable cover in the lawn area, then you're very likely a candidate for a, a total renovation. And when you have less than 50%, so the recommendation would be to, to kill what's there. Okay, so you're just going to, it's just like taking an eraser and erasing everything away, and now you're going to start with a clean sheet of paper. So use a, a non-selective herbicide, something, you know, something that contains glyphosate or, or glufosinate, uh, uh, Roundup, for example, or Liberty. Uh, uh, those kinds of uh, non-selective herbicides can be used to kill the existing plant cover that's out there. And then you get that killed, and, and then you can go in and reestablish your desirable turf. Um, it's uh, uh, since we are moving into that period uh, on, on the 10th of September I like to let folks know that we uh, have scheduled a fall lawn care field day there at Lane Agri Park uh, the 10th of September is a Saturday it's uh, scheduled from 9 until 11 and we'll be going over uh, and covering those fall lawn care tasks for both you know cool season turf grasses as well as warm season turf grasses and the warm season grasses are the the bermuda grass and the zoysia grass there. is there a charge for that no no there's not a charge it's uh, it's just open to anybody that has any interest in learning a bit more about uh, uh, those things that they can do during this time of the year this fall period uh, to help improve the quality of the turf grass in their home lawns uh, we'll cover things like fertilization for, for for both cool and warm season turfs uh you know weed control uh, that fall and winter weed control uh, as well as renovation and uh, uh, overseeding techniques uh it's, it's an outdoor event and it's going to take place at the turf demonstration area there at Lane Agri Park. So if, you, if you've never been there before, Lane Agri Park uh, is located at 315 John Rice Boulevard. And uh, as you pull into the parking lot, that's the, the office uh, complex there. That's the UT Extension USDA uh, offices are located in that office building. Well, the turf demonstration area, of course, there's a sign that says turf demonstration, but it's located in the parking lot there. They're adjacent to, uh, to uh, in, in front of the office building. And uh, we'll have a, a demonstration area there where we have, you know, taken uh, 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 an area uh, in, in, the, uh, in, in that turf that was not uh, uh, very desirable in terms of the plant population, uh, removed it, and then have, you know, reestablished it in, uh, uh, in, in a tall fescue, uh, tall fescue blend. So that's, uh, again, on September the, the 10th. That's a Saturday. It's from 9 until 11. And I don't know what the weather's going to be that day. Uh, hopefully, it will allow us to be outside. If it is uh, inclement weather, if it is raining, then we will meet inside of the office building in the auditorium uh, and have an indoor program. But hopefully, we'll be able to meet outside. But, uh, you know, again, it's, there's not a charge uh, for that class or for that workshop. And just ask that you would, you know, give us a call at the Extension office uh, sometime um, uh, but during business hours, uh, 8 to 4.30, Monday through Friday, and say, hey, this is... So and so, I like to come to the fall lawn care field day on September 10th, or you can email me and say I want to come to the field, lawn care field day, and that's all you got to do. My email address is uh, m m o t e and the number one at utk.edu. So that's m o one at utk.edu, and that's all there is to it in terms of registration. Very good. So, and the date on that again? September 10th. Okay. That's Saturday morning from nine until eleven. 
Very good. Now, you also uh, pretty soon will be having the grape picking uh, at the vineyards right there at the Ag Center around the pond. Well, yes, and and what a coincidence because it typically is held in, in August. Well, this year it's going to be on September tenth, also. Oh, okay, so, you're going to have a party over there. Yeah, going to going to have a lot going on, I think, that day. But okay. uh, for uh, for for whatever reason, they did have to uh, uh, back that up a little bit uh, and, and have it a bit later than they typically do. And so, uh, uh, you know, typically the way that works is. Uh, uh, course the grapevines are out there they're kind of on the uh down towards the end of the property of, of the lane agri park property where john rice boulevard and gresham lane come together into that point so you've got a uh you know a narrow uh, kind of a v-shaped piece down towards the end of that property and and the, the vineyard is located down in that region those are uh cynthiana uh, or, or norton grapes they're, they're wine grapes is what they are uh they're they're a purple grape and uh but, folks that would like to participate can come and harvest and uh, if they bring you know a, a clean jug with them uh they'll, the, the the folks will be there from uh, uh from mtsu with their uh grape press so that uh, uh those grapes can be uh processed or squeezed mm-hmm. and uh, uh you get grape juice so if you know you pick a, a lug of grapes and you can get a a, a jug of uh, juice uh, to take good. home with you so it's <laughs> great as... for making jelly or, or or wine i guess or, or whatever you want to do but they, but they are wine get... grapes yeah so, oh, yeah so you know, they're a little different than do they taste them. different <laughs> well they're Tip, yeah, they don't. The, yes, they'll, they'll be a little or? different. Yeah, a little more tart, I think. That's how I would describe it. But uh, I mean, you can certainly eat them mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. as they are. But you know, they're not considered a, a table grape. Yeah, but, but okay. it's a wine grape. We have a listener here who says that uh, they have some hen and chicken that they're going to be planting. Uh, is this the time of the year to do that? And uh, is that something that they could use uh, in decorative items to uh, plant around the? A house with the bushes, or what's a good place to put those? So, you know, hen and chicken, and, and, and I know what you're talking about, but I'm not that familiar with it. Okay. Uh, so I didn't know if it goes into a bush or what. No, it's a, it's, it's, it, it doesn't grow real tall. I mean, it's a, uh, gosh, is it, I, I'm trying to, th- try to say maybe it's a little bit like a succulent but but uh, again i'm not i'm starting no authority on that uh but um you know if you would if the caller uh, would would give us a call back at the extension office uh and could, could come up with a more definite mm-hmm. answer uh, but off the top of my head I, I i hesitate to say yay or nay do it now or wait till spring okay. uh, because i'm really not that familiar with with the growth pattern the life cycle uh, of that particular plant now, while we're talking about uh, what to plant what not to plant uh, what about a, a soil service? How important? Oh, a soil is that? sample. Yeah, soil sample is uh, uh, a good value, I think, because it is going to tell you. And, and, and when we say a soil a sample, I mean a soil sample is you know just a, a, a representation uh, of the, the ground that you're going to be growing stuff in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, so you pull that sample to have it tested in, in, in our lab. Or when I say our, the University of Tennessee soil test lab is a fertility lab. So it measures, it, it evaluates soil fertility. So it evaluates uh, uh, and, and measures the uh, uh, quantity of many of those uh, essential nutrients that are in the soil available for plants to use. 
it also measures soil pH, which is the acidity or alkalinity. And, and you know, plants, some plants do, uh, they prefer, they, they perform better uh, at a, a, a slightly acid pH, some a more acid pH, and some a more neutral pH. And a soil test is the only way to determine what that soil pH is, as well as the uh, the quantity of uh, uh, available nutrients that's present in the soil. So, with, without a soil test, and you, you when you just arbitrarily apply fertilizer, uh, you you may be applying you know you may be wasting your money. You may be over applying things. Uh, for example, it is not uncommon in areas that have been, uh, you know, managed uh, for a, a number of years, uh, for example, in a lawn uh, or in a vegetable garden where folks have, uh, you know, done a good job of, of uh, following a, f- a fertility program over the years and, and uh, 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 using fertilizers and so on, that they will have a, a relatively high level of uh, uh, some of those major nutrients like phosphorus and potassium. Well, I- if those levels are high, then it's not necessary, you know, to apply additional phosphorus and potassium, for example. And again, the only way to know that is through a soil test. And, and then again, like I said, it'll measure soil pH. So if the pH is not where it should be, then uh, you'll have directions that are included as part of the test as, as what you need to do to correct it. If you need to lower it by, by adding an acidifier, you know, for example, sulfur is an acidifier, or if you need to raise it, if it's too low, you need to add a base to it or a, a neutralizer. Uh, which is what limestone is, agricultural limestone. Uh, the soil test is the only way that you're going to know what's there. It's a, it's, it's a relatively inexpensive uh, process or, or a relatively inexpensive test. You know, if you uh, pull the soil sample, uh, and if you don't know how to do that, uh, it, it's, it's not a hard thing to do. Um, uh, we have... Uh, a couple of ways you can get directions to it. Uh, you can stop by the extension office there at 315 John Rice Boulevard, Suite 101, and and pick up uh, you know a soil testing uh, uh, direction sheet. Uh, that, that explains to you how to collect a soil sample, you know, from the area. You can also go to the UT Soil Plant and Pest Center website, and the directions are included there as well. Uh, so, and you just follow those directions, and, and, and basically, you're just going to multiple locations within the area that you're going to sample and collect soil from multiple places in that area in the top six inches. Uh, of that soil profile, mix all those different subsamples together to create a composite sample of the area that you're going to have tested. And you you can send it to the lab yourself. You can carry it to the lab yourself. Uh, the the the, te- the the charge uh, the soil te- the, the soil test uh, fee is fifteen dollars if you send it there yourself. You know if you if you bring it to the extension office and and leave it there uh, for us to get to the lab for you, then it's a twenty dollar charge, uh, which covers getting it to the lab and then also the cost of the test itself. Uh, and once the 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 sample reaches the lab. You know, typically you're going to have results uh, within the week. You know, their goal is to get it out within two to three days from the time they receive the sample. What if they email it to you? They will email the results to you, yes. You know, what might be fun, because I've been to that uh, lab. Yes, sir. It, and they have a great museum there. It's a good place to go look. Oh, yeah, the Tennessee Ag Museum is just kind of a catty corner across the street there a short distance because it's on Can the, you take it's your on the campus. 
you you can take your sample there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can hand deliver and it take there. the kids and go to the go museum. through the ag museum. Uh, look around. I mean, the the campus is it it's on the campus of the uh, Tennessee Department of Agriculture. So mm-hmm. it's at the Ellington Agricultural Center, and and the campus itself. You know, that's an old old farm you know plantation yeah. there and the you know the main building kind of old plantation house it's a, it's a pretty place oh, just beautiful. to walk around they've got some you know good landscaping nice garden areas out there uh very pleasant uh, a lot of folks go out there and walk and walk their dogs and just you know enjoy uh, uh enjoy just the scenery it's a, it's it's a in pretty the place harding road nolensville road edmondson area. pike you know mm-hmm. edmondson pike area you know nolensville road edmondson pike uh, uh that's uh, that that's the that's the route that i take typically tight going yeah. from Murfreesboro to get there. So, uh, you know, make a make a day of yeah. bring a picnic. There's picnic tables. Yeah, I mean, take your sample up there and then enjoy <laughs> enjoy it. Right now would be a great time oh, to do perfect. it. Oh, perfect. You know, yeah. a lot of good shade and, and uh, cooler temperatures, too. Mitchell Moat is our guest this morning. We're going to pause and check on the traffic and weather. We'll be back if you have a question, if you have a comment. You can text or talk. At 615-893-1450. Do it now, though. 615-893-1450. We'll be back. If you want to talk sports, you want to talk local. You want to talk with Monty Hill Jr. and Tim Tackett. It's all sports talk. Weekdays at 5 on WGNS. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try on any guitar in the store, you've got a perfect place to listen to it. Compare them side by side. See how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. You can get those options on the menu online at www.demasrestaurants.com. You can make the decisions that you want to make before you come in. We have options ranging from grilled chicken to fish. You can get it with a side of green beans or spinach or even zucchini. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner at Demas's. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us for all your home lawn and garden needs. We have a great selection of Carhartt clothing. We also have wonderful, unique gift ideas, our Melissa and Doug educational toys. And if you're needing things for your garden, we'd have everything you need to help those gardens grow. Come on over to the Co-op Farm and Home Center just off of South Church on Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Please come see us at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Good morning, still quite busy actually out here on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area headed towards Nashville. It looks like it's still running a little bit slow over there from an earlier problem on 840 just before you get to I-65 through that stretch of Williamson County. Give yourself a little bit of extra time if you're headed over in that area. Hey, Ripley's is hiring with all 10 attractions. Check them out online at ripley's.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the upper 80s. North winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies and a low near 66. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Fuchitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 67. 
Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Join me, America's career coach Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do. Welcome back. Mitchell Motes with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Somebody's wanting to do some uh, burning of a bush pile this week. And uh, they sent that in, wanted to know, is that a good thing to do or bad thing? Oh, I, have, I have no brush. idea. Bush, yeah, burning bushes. A pile of rubbish, Yeah, just, just, just burning brush. Uh, well, I don't. So uh, what I would suggest to you, I, I I don't I think the burn ban was has been lifted uh, for Rutherford County, City of Murfreesboro, you know, for a number of weeks since uh, uh, starting back in July, I guess when when uh, rainfall picked up and you know the, we we got out of that uh, dry spell that we were in. Um, um, the Tennessee Division of Forestry uh, are the folks that uh, you know issue those outdoor burn permits. Um, I think it would be advisable to contact them uh, to see whether or not you you need a burn permit uh, during this time of the year. There there is a a period of the year when when burn permits are required, and and then there's another period when they're not. And, and my my thinking is that we're in that period where it is not required, but I'm not positive of that. So. Uh, just to be on the safe side uh, and to you know to avoid any potential uh, run-ins with with authorities I guess it wouldn't be a bad idea just to contact the Tennessee Division of Forestry uh, and, and ask uh, is do I need a burn permit and if you do then they'll issue the permit and, yeah. and you're you know you're set to go uh, but if you're gonna you know if it's real windy no it's not a good idea to burn uh, a brush pile but uh, uh, from the, uh, that's that's what I'd suggest. Contact Tennessee Division of Forestry. Here's another text, and this one obviously is written because you have your suit and tie on today. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Oh me. <laughs> the question, I thought this was radio. <laughs> questions about fruit trees. They say, when is the best time to prune them? Yes. Okay. That's a great question, uh, and that is one that is a common question uh, folks that are trying to grow tree fruits you know in the backyard um, so the two times to do that it, it depends on it depends on what you're trying to prune out if it's dead wood any time you have dead wood is the time to prune it out all right so it doesn't matter what time of year it is if you have dead areas in the tree then you prune them out when you when you find them because there's no value to leave the dead wood in there now just pruning for uh, maintaining size maintaining shape uh, improving fruit production uh, and so on and it doesn't matter if we're talking about apples or peaches or pears or plums the late winter early spring time frame is the better time to do that uh, because a couple of reasons uh, number one uh, when you uh, when you're pruning that living wood it, of course it wounds it and there needs to be uh, you know it needs to heal over uh, so that you don't have an, uh, an open wound for a long period of time so pruning those as it, during that time when those trees are starting to go out of their uh, emerge from their dormant period into their active growing period 
means that those wounds are going to heal up pretty quick. Uh, and, and two, um, you, you're going to uh, encourage, you know, some growth that should help improve the amount of fruit uh, development uh, that, that will occur on some of that new growth that you initiate out there. So late winter, so that's, you know, we're talking about maybe uh, latter part of February up around the first part of March, depending on how the season goes, would be a preferred time to do that kind of pruning on any of those fruit trees. We have another listener who uh, just sent us this text, and they said they moved into Murfreesboro about three months ago into a new subdivision, and you're talking about replanting grass. She said, my place looks like a barren desert. Yeah. <laughs> she said, it's uh, just hardly any grass. The trees are little twigs, and the sad thing is, you look around, the neighbors are in the same shape. So all all kind of similar. It's a huge huge area of of barren land yeah what can i do and do people ever get together with neighbors and four of you uh build a well to uh, irrigate the land yeah well so i answer that question first yes I, that does occur uh, uh now. even in a small how, how often it is i mean that's just you know it's an agreement between people yeah. You know, where's the well going to go and you know and, and, and how you're going to pay for it but but yeah i mean you certainly do that and uh, would that pay for itself i mean I, you may want more than four people you can oh will it pay for itself well, i know that when you when you run irrigation water through a meter it becomes a more costly <laughs> uh it's a more costly practice i mean you can it, it's not hard uh to 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 use you know 150 dollars worth of water uh in the course uh, in the course of a month just on you know irrigating lawn uh, during during those dry spells if 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 that's what you're going to do so 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 yes that can be done uh it, since you are talking about expenditures and and, and you're talking about something that that's it's there mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. like you put up a building so we'll go who owns the building and, and who has access to the building and so well so this is a well it's it's there okay and it's going to be there for, it's going to be there for a long time yeah. uh probably you know is it do you just have a handshake agreement on that or you know do you try to do, do you try to uh, uh, maybe get some legal advice and you know have a contract if you will an agreement i don't know what the best thing to do is but uh it, it is going to cost you know a few thousand dollars uh to is that what to a put world costs well, i mean at least yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the, the deeper you have to go, then, you know, the more the cost is going to be. And then you've got to have the electricity to it, and you've got to install the pump, uh, et cetera. So, but yes, yes, that, 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 is, that is an option. That is an option. Now, the, the, the second thing, so she, the, the, the person, he or she, talking about barren areas, mm-hmm. uh, sounds to me like you're in a, you are a good candidate for having a, a soil test. there is no telling what condition the soil is in you know how much how much earthwork was done in the development of that property out there uh the soil profile may have you know dirt may have been pushed in pushed out uh uh, and then redeposited redistributed after construction and so on maybe some was moved in for some i don't know i don't know so having a soil uh, uh, test done on the area is is I, I think one of the most important things you could do first and you know kind of evaluate the ground itself um, is it um, 
Is it a, a tight soil? You know, heavy clay content uh, so that you know it's hard to dig in uh it, it's uh, uh when it's wet you know it's really wet you know and real sticky uh and when it gets dry it's hard uh hard to to, to dig in hard to drive you know a stake through the ground a post in the ground whatever the case may be um that being the case then while you've got all this bare area out there it is the, the better opportunity for you to improve that soil it, by, by adding, uh, incorporating organic matter into it and through, through compost. Now, I'm not going to say it's a cheap thing to do. I'm not going to say it's an easy thing to do from a physical standpoint, you know, from a work standpoint. Mm-hmm. But while you've got that barren ground out there, adding a layer of compost and, and, and tilling that in, incorporating that into that soil profile is one of the best things that you can do to improve you know, poor soil. When I say poor soil, soil that is hard, uh, that does have a, uh, you know, a high clay content that's really tight, uh, which is going to interfere or, or, or impede root growth, uh, water infiltration, and so on. You know, compost, folks think about, well, a garden center, I go to the garden center, I buy a bag of compost. It's going to be a lot of bags. Well, yeah, the bigger the area, the more it's going to take. But you don't have to buy it in bags. You know, you can purchase bulk compost by the uh, by the, the 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 bucket load by the cubic yard, uh, and for a large area, that's uh, going to be, I think, by far the way to go. And you know, how much are you talking about? You know, probably uh, as a maximum, uh, something like a, a two inch layer would be the most that you would realistically be able to incorporate. Uh, uh, well into that upper soil surface so that would be uh, a, a step to take i think okay so uh, if you notice that that may be a positive i heard you talking about moving the soil around if they move it around a lot that might get rid of some of the rocks which this area is known oh to yeah have. yeah and, and you know and that's and, and that's a question uh we often will get you know folks will say well you know i'm, I'm growing grass in the yard it grows really good everywhere except this one spot mm-hmm. and and then mm-hmm. it always it always dies there every year uh and and so one of the first things that, that i would suggest to people is have you have you tried to dig in that area how, how deep is the soil you know and, and by what i mean by that is is there something close to the soil surface that 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 impedes root development okay that impedes oh, growth okay. is it is it a layer of rock is it over the septic tank you know things like that because a shallow soil uh, is going to dry out very fast uh, it's not going to hold water because you don't have enough soil depth it's like having a you know a a a, 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 a two liter bottle versus you know a, a pint bottle well that two liter bottle you know you figure that's a deep soil that pint bottle that's a shallow soil you know there's a big difference between two liters and a pint and so that deep soil can hold a lot more water and therefore it will supply the needed water for a longer period of time because it can store more that shallow soil and when i say shallow anything anything below six inches is it is going to be shallow and and you know you really need more than six inches but if you don't have six inches it's going to be tough to maintain uh, any kind of a uh, a ground cover for a turf grass population uh, year-round there uh, especially without uh, without uh, uh, supplemental irrigation because that ground is going to dry out uh, during those those really hot spells that we have so you've talked in the past about sticking a screwdriver down. You know, taking a screw. You know, take just take a take a, a stake. 
Yeah, you know, how yeah. far can, can you drive a stake uh, down in the ground? And, you know, a screwdriver, I mean, obviously, if, if it hasn't rained for three weeks, oh, no, you're not going to be able to stick a screwdriver in the ground because it's dry. It's hard. Sure, yeah. But if the, if, the, if the ground has moisture in it and you can only, you know, drive a, a stake into the ground four inches or if you can only, you know, take your post hole diggers and, and dig a hole before you hit a solid uh, uh, obstruction down there three or four inches, well, there's your problem. Sure, okay, that's sure. that's why that's why that grass dies. There's every not year. much you can do with that, is well, it? Well, I mean, it's a big rock. No, I, I mean, realistically, can you remove the rock? Well, I guess if you throw enough money at it, you could. <laughs> but is that feasible? Well, probably not. So, uh, what can you do? Well, you, you you may never be able to grow grass there because I think well, I can add more soil to it. Okay, but then you create a mound. All right, well, that's that's not what you want to do, okay? But, or at least not a mound to grow grass on because then you just got, you know, it's more aggravating to mow, mm-hmm. that kind yeah. of thing. But you could, okay, in a case like that, come back and create a, a berm or a raised bed, a mound, and, and then use that as an ornamental planting. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so nice. you create soil depth by, by sure enough, building a mound over that mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. Uh, and using it for uh, ornamental plants of some sort. And will you be covering things like this in your turf uh, uh, the, so, so the the tenth. So we're kind of focusing on fall lawn care. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we do have another program, which is a uh, it's a it's a late winter, early spring multiple session uh, that, that's called the Grass Masters Lawn Care Academy. And uh, now that will will cover all those kinds of things from the different grasses, what their what their characteristics are. What kind of conditions uh, they're going to grow best in? Uh, uh, selecting those grasses, establishing those grasses, maintaining those grasses, uh, pests of those grasses from uh, insect disease uh, and, and weed pests, uh, uh, etc. You know, following fertilization programs. Um, you know, using spreaders and sprayers, et cetera, uh, correctly to maintain the grass and so on. That's a much more in-depth uh, thing, and that's the multiple session. So, you know, in two hours, we only cover so much. And, and so we're kind of focusing on the September 10th on those fall-related uh, uh, tasks. Okay. And what time is the September 10th? From 9 till 11 a.m. Okay. And that's at the Lane Agri Park? That's at the Lane Agri Park. Uh, if Hopefully, weather will permit, we'll be outdoors so we can, you know, see the, the, the demonstrations there and cover those things. But if not, if it is raining, we'll go ahead with the program. Uh, we'll be inside. All righty. And it's free. It is free. But do they need to call in advance? It would be good just so we'll know how many folks are coming. Uh, if I have to set chairs up, I'd, you know, I'd like to have enough chairs already there for people, sure. that kind of thing. Uh, you can call the extension office, 615-898-7710, and say, hey, would you put me down for the lawn care field day on September 10th? Or you can email me uh, and say the same thing. My email address is m m o t e one at utk dot edu so that's m moat one at utk dot edu all right tell you what let's do let's pause for a moment check on the traffic and weather once again and then we'll be back and continue the conversation it's our final segment so if you have a question don't wait around because you're going to miss the boat Good Neighbor Talk covers issues you won't hear anywhere else. They're local issues. WTNS, AM, AM FM, FM, online. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us for all your home, lawn, and garden needs. 
We have a great selection of Carhartt clothing. We also have wonderful, unique gift ideas, our Melissa and Doug educational toys. And if you're needing things for your garden, we'd have everything you need to help those gardens grow. Come on over to the Co-op Farm and Home Center just off of South Church on Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Please come see us at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Good morning. Still quite busy actually out here on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area headed towards Nashville. It looks like it's still running a little bit slow over there from an earlier problem on 840 just before you get to I-65 through that stretch of Williamson County. Give yourself a little bit of extra time if you're headed over in that area. Hey, Ripley's is hiring with all 10 attractions. Check them out online at ripley's.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the upper 80s. North winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies and a low near 66. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 67. All that's news. Your afternoon local news, traffic, and weather update with Matt Lane. Weekday afternoons, 4:40 until all sports talk on News Radio WGNS. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Mitchell Motes with us. We're in the final segment of our broadcast this morning, talking lawns and gardens. And if you have a question, don't wait around because uh, you'll find the show over and then you won't find an answer to your question. 615-893-1450. Mitchell says uh, this is the time of the year to start planning for that renovation and in some cases it's a total renovation yeah it's uh it's it's boy the window's going to open up here pretty quick uh it's, it's coming on really really fast you know we've talked a lot about lawns this morning but there there are other things out there too uh, that, that deserve attention uh sure. in the appropriate time you know for example uh fall vegetables uh in a vegetable garden we are uh, th- that window is open now uh, for most of the uh, the greens uh the things like uh, like collards and, and, and mustard and turnips and spinach and so on. The, 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 the time is open now to plant those uh, for the fall and, and, and winter use. So if, if, you like, if you like to grow those things, you know, be thinking about uh, getting your ground ready and, and getting those planted uh, because it's, 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 we're in that season to do that. And, you know, if, if you have struggled with the vegetable garden this year during the heat, and a lot of folks have, a lot of folks have struggled with it, and you're thinking, doggone it, I'm through with it, I'm tired of messing with it, you know, I don't want to see it anymore, then go out, so, so get rid of it. You know, do some sanitation, pull the plants out, get rid of all the old residue and whatnot out there. Uh, and instead of just leaving that ground vacant, especially if you're talking a conventional in-ground garden, um, uh, once you get it cleaned out, then, then sow a cover crop on there for the fall and the winter time frame. Uh, that's going to give you, uh, uh, that, that's going to add some things, some positive things uh, to that garden to help improve it. You know, number one, 
if you've got that ground covered uh, with a desirable plant, then you don't have room for undesirable plants like weeds to grow throughout the fall and the winter. So uh, uh, what are some good cover crop options for the fall and winter? Uh, crimson clover uh, is a, a, a good option. It's a legume, so it will uh, add uh, uh, legumes you know, by the nature of the plant. They take nitrogen from the atmosphere and fix it into the soil uh, for later use by plants that grow there. Plus, it is an annual, so it's going to die by itself. And when it flowers in the spring, it is beautiful. This this dark, dark crimson red color. Uh, bees and other pollinators love it. Uh, it's a great addition to the garden. And then when you work the garden, okay, then you're adding that organic matter from that plant residue in there, which is going to improve soil quality. So crimson clover is an option for the uh, fall and winter time frame. Uh, another option is uh, uh, maybe rye, uh, 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 rye grass or, or, or rye and uh, uh, vetch. You know, vetch is another um, a legume mm-hmm. and, uh, or, or, or wheat uh, and, and vetch. Uh, the, the vetch, it's kind of a viney kind of a plant, small, small leaves, small stems. And you grow the grass with it like the wheat, it'll allow it to crawl up that and stand there. And that adds a lot of biomass, good organic matter into the soil. Uh, so that just, you know, it, it keeps the ground covered up. You don't get as many as much weed growth because uh, there are a lot of weeds that grow during the fall and the winter. And then you're adding uh, that organic matter into the soil. So it's kind of a win-win uh, situation for you. Let's take a phone call. Okay. Good morning. You're on with Mitchell Moat. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How about you guys? You good? Doing great. Hey, let, uh, this is a strange question, I guess, but I'll, I think you've got the answer. A football practice field has has got holes in it, and they practice football from sometime in July until November, December, depending on how far they go in the in the playoff industry, you know? Right. And uh, so what's a good thing to do for those holes in the off-season? And it's Bermuda. So, 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 you know, you want the heat, yeah, but yeah. the heat's gone by the time you get ready to do something. Sure. <laughs> so when you say holes, are you talking about a physical hole in the ground, or are you just talking about no. thin places in the grass? Well, thin places in the grass okay. or no grass at all. Then gotcha. shoot up. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So on that practice, and, and you know, a thing to keep in mind is that it, that, that, that any grass, uh, including Bermuda grass, can be worn out, and just just from traffic. Uh, that's that's one of the drawbacks of natural turf uh, on a on a heavy use area uh, like a practice field, especially you know center the field in between the hash marks. That's where the biggest right. part of the traffic is, and that's where they wear it out so much. So what you can do is a couple of things during the off season. Okay, make sure you follow a good uh, a good fertilization program. And, you know, I know it's school and sometimes budgets are limited and fertilizer prices are high. But anything that you can do to enhance the growth of that Bermuda grass is going to make it stronger and able to recover uh, from stress, you know, from wear and tear much faster. And also encourage its above ground growth and below ground growth to fill those thin places back in some. Uh, so I mean that's that's a step in the right direction. Um, if if that area uh, it, it very it very well may, especially if it's on native soil and not not a sand cap or something like that, but just growing in the native dirt, that area where it's worn out so very well could be compacted. 
And so aerating that and, and then top dressing that with, uh, uh, with, with a good layer of compost, dragging that in uh, to that area so you're adding some organic matter into it uh, can certainly improve, uh, uh, improve growth of, uh, of that Bermuda grass. And of course, now you want to do that during the growing season. You're not necessarily want to do that now because aeration will damage the grass some. So we're kind of going towards the end of the growing season for that Bermuda grass. And, and another thing to keep in mind is, you know, all of the, uh, uh, again, it's, you know, it, it may be a question of cost, but you think about all these football fields in the Southeastern Conference, you know, they're playing up through the end of November at least, okay? And, and the grass is green uh, on September 1. It's green on November, at the end of November after Thanksgiving. But they're playing on Bermuda grass, so why is it green? Well, that's because they're overseeding it now with ryegrass. Uh, and on those fields, you use a perennial ryegrass, so that will give you uh, some protection for the Bermuda grass that's out there. If you uh, uh, overseed with some ryegrass, and uh, uh, you know during uh, during the late summertime, so that you've got some grass cover uh, even uh, through the fall of the year as well. Now we've got a full line of calls all of a sudden, and we're out of time. Out of time. Okay, so <laughs> before you can we reach leave. us. 615-898-7710 uh, there at the extension service office and we'll do our best to to assist you uh, with, with what what the information you need again september 10th the fall lawn care field day september 10th 9 till 11 a.m at the uh, lane agri park okay the fall lawn care field day yes sir so field day outdoors wear a hat Right. sunscreen smart move hey mitchell thank you for joining us today thank you for the invitation appreciate mitchell it. moat visiting with us from the rutherford county agricultural extension service hey have a super rest of the day